welcome to the Sim Podcast Show. I'm your co-host, Eric, and I'm always joined by my co-host, Ron. What up, Ron? What's going on? You know what we do? This is the Boston edition, and we're talking about the Boston Celtics. And today's day is Tuesday, May 30th, the day after the massacre, the Boston massacre by the Miami Heat. So, Ron, I don't even know where to start, what went wrong, but... Give me, give me your assessment from last night. What, what happened in Game Seven? What happened in Game Seven? No one showed up. Um, they came out once again, like they do, you know, every other game with no energy, no game plan, um, and just very, very little effort. Um, and they got embarrassed, you know. Tatum gets injured on the very first play and they had no answer for that. No backup plan. Um, and you know, it, it was just, uh, an embarrassment, but it's not really surprising just giving how the entire series went going down. Oh, three. And then having to come back, uh, getting lucky in game six, right. They should have lost that game. Uh, and then going back to the, the normal Celtics routine for Game 7. Yeah, this Game 7 was atrocious. But, you know, like you said, it was really, if you look at the whole body of the, of the seven games, they only really played well for two of them. Right. You, you come out Game 1 at home, lay an egg. Game 2, I think that's the game they got, like, embarrassed. Uh, and then game three, a must win. They, they couldn't pull that off. So they go down Oh three to start the series. And, you know, uh, it, at that point you think it's over, but then they come together and they start to play well, uh, or better. I should say, I, I wouldn't say they had a perfect game at any point, but they start to play better with some heart and some energy. Um, you know, and, and, you think, okay, maybe they can like pull, you know, pull out some sort of a comeback, um, or at least get to Game Seven, which is I, you know, I had expected, I predicted before the series started, it would go seven games. But for them to put themselves in that deep of a hole, it's just disappointing. Uh, and you know, you and I were talking while we were watching uh, the game. I think part of it too is. You know, when you play Atlanta, a, a team that you should sweep in four games, but you let that drag out to six games, then you go through the 76ers, that goes a seven-game series, and here you are again, another seven-game series. And all because of, you know, you don't come out, like, with any sort of consistency. Well, then your player gets players get fatigued. You know, injuries start to happen. And the margin of error becomes so slim you have to have a perfect game to, to win. And Miami can just have one person go off and, and you lose. And that's basically, uh, I think, what, what happened in this series. Well, I want to welcome Larry to the call. Larry, we just started talking about how Game 7 went down. In your opinion, what, what happened? Why was Game 7 such a letdown? Other than, obviously, a loss. I, I think what happened was... <sighs> The, the Tatum injury. Um, it just seemed like they weren't running any kind of plays. Um, 
everything was easy for Miami and everything was hard for us. Um, it reminded me of game game three. And um, I, I don't know. I, it's, it was so many things that went wrong. It was coaching. It was the players. It was the, the, the motivation to fight. I mean, I think there was like three minutes left in the game and they started pressing and started playing like they were actually in a playoff game. And I was just like, where was that in the beginning of the game? I think I agree with both of you guys. That Tatum injury, um, you know, it happened on the first, very first play of the game uh, for the Celtics. And you can, you can almost see on everyone's eyes that they were like, oh, Oh shit, we gotta do this ourselves. We gotta win this for the city, for the Celtics ourselves. And initially I thought that Jalen Brown was gonna pick up that mantle and be like, you know what, I'm gonna be the man for this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna win it for this city. And uh, the opposite occurred. He was terrible with the ball. Terrible. I mean He always is. You know, that's not surprising to me. Uh, I heard a statistic, I think it was this morning, about Jalen Brown. And that's this is why, you know, I say we need to blow this team up. And if they don't win the Celtics, the, the, you know, it, it, for the Celtics, it would be in their best interest if they just hit the refresh button. But this, it was Jalen Brown uh, playoff, this playoff, had like 60-something uh, points and 60-something turnovers for this playoffs. And then over the last like three years, it was 200 and something points and 200 and something uh, turnovers. The dude is a turnover machine always has been for the past three seasons. You know, his unbelievable, he's unbelievably athletic, right? But he just cannot take care of the ball. He dribbled into like triple teams, you know, and he doesn't know when he needs to push it, when he needs to like ease up. He just doesn't have a good feel for the game. And if, you know, when Jay, when uh, Tatum went down, I, you know, and we had to rely on Brown, I, I, I figured the game was over uh, immediately. Now, I will give I will give credit to Derek White, because at least he was driving the ball to the paint and taking people off dribbles and all that. He actually I would say that he even though his defense was, you know, up and down offensively I think that he was at least trying but I didn't see that from Horford I didn't see that from Marcus Smart who I this was a game where he needed to score 20 points and Horford well we know about Horford he's just a lost cause he was nowhere on this on these series to be found and then why didn't you play Robert Williams more often why did he just uh-huh stay on the floor the whole time. I know, I yes, I know he needed a breather here and there, but why was Joe Mazzula so, so in love with, like, keeping him off the floor? It, were they just trying to cut his minutes? I, I don't understand that. What, what do you think, Larry? Why was Time Lord not more on the floor more often? I, th- I, think, uh, I think Joe Mazzula was saving him for the finals. I mean... He was 100% from the field at mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Why not keep giving him the ball? Alley-oops, um, give it to him in the post, whatever. There was nobody big enough to stop him. It, it just didn't make sense. And um, and like you said, I agree with you. 
Uh, Smart only had nine points. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk about Tatum because I know, you know, he expected to score probably 30, 30 points, but because of the ankle, it didn't happen. Horford had eight points. Um, and then Derek White. He, it seemed like they, Derek White show didn't start until the third quarter. They should have started a little early, but I think they were still thinking that Tatum could pull through. The other, the other thing that was kind of, and I, I think I talked to um, Ron last night about it, is that I was looking up the player uh, contracts and who who's going to be there next year. Basically, it looks like everyone's coming back for 2023-2024. Everyone, except is Jalen Brown going to get the extension or no? What do you think, Ron? I don't know. There was a report today that it's most likely going to happen. But again, this team's been together for at least five years, right? The core group, uh, including Spart, they've been together a while. And you see what what you're going to get, not just from Brown, but for the you know for your core players. I, I wouldn't give him a, an extension. Um, I try to get whatever I can for him. Um, you know, potentially draft picks. I think that's probably where I, the route I would take instead of any, uh, players, because like I said, if, if I'm the Celtics, I'm blowing this thing up and, and starting over, I don't think he's worth a max contract. Can he score 20 something a game? Yeah. But he'll also average like seven or eight turnovers every game. So, you know, that's, Regular season doesn't matter. You look like a you know an all pro or or whatever all NBA during the regular season. But when it comes to the playoffs, if that's what you're doing in the playoffs, turn the ball, ball over left and right. That's not helping your your team. Um, but you know, as far as what the Celtics will do, they'll most likely um, give them some sort of extension. Yeah, I mean, he's only twenty six years old. Larry, is this like a development issue or do you think that he's basically a turnover machine for the rest of his life? I, I think I think Jalen Brown is a good player. I think he did much better than he did last year. I think the problem is he should not be handling the ball. They need to maybe just let him just just shoot the ball from a position, throw the ball to him in the post. But you I mean we, you saw like Butler like steal it from him like numerous times. Um, he, he cannot handle the ball. We saw that last year in the finals, and we saw it again this year. Um, Jalen Brown has to take a step back, and that's why I thought they brought in Brogdon and White so they can handle the ball and facilitate. We need people to facilitate and get the ball to Tatum and to Brown. Don't let them handle the ball. It's it's a disaster. Yeah, and and I agree with you one hundred percent. That was my biggest gripe. I was telling Ron last night that the Celtics need a real, real point guard. I thought Pritchett was going to be that person, but he's still, yeah, I guess he's still not there. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum should not be bringing up the ball. And I know that Marcus Smart, sometimes he plays point guard, but then he makes dumb turnovers sometimes and you just like, why? You didn't need to throw that pass. Yes, that might work in the regular season where you have somebody cutting to the basket, but in the playoffs, you just can't throw that pass. And I don't know if there's any real point guards out there. I mean, other than the Suns point guard, Paul, um, what's his name? 
Paul something is really old. Um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, thank you. Other than Chris Paul, I don't know any real point guards that you can yeah, come in. The, the game has, has changed. I don't think it's like, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, where you need to have a true point guard managing your, your offense. You know, today's game is a lot different. You got players like LeBron and like Tatum and like a bunch of p- taller players, athletic players that can handle the ball and take over, at, you know, scoring. I don't think this is a point guard issue. Um, we've been saying that for the last, what, four years? We've had Kyrie, right? We had, what's his, what's his name? After Isaiah Kyrie, Tom. I can't think of his name. Isaiah, is he, Isaiah Thomas. See, this is, but you can't, you can't have, a scoring point guard. I think that with Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas, Kemba Walker, those were scoring point guards. I think the, the point guard has to delegate the ball first before scoring. I, it's not just the point guard. It's about coaching, having a game plan. They had no sort of game plan whatsoever. Like they lived and died by the three. And the Heat knew that they had nothing else when they tried to do something else. With Williams, they had some success, right? Just like we talked about. Williams was almost like perfect from the floor. But they didn't stick with it, right? They went back to Horford. That's co- that's coaching, right? And they just stuck with the three-point shot, which they did all season. And unfortunately for them, they went cold and they couldn't hit those shots. And credit to the Heat for extending their defense, challenging the three-point shot a lot better. Um, but you know, for the Celtics, I think it's about figuring out what your game plan is going to be and being flexible to change it one game to another. If they're defending the three, well, guess what? You better have some, some big players that can play inside so you can score points in the paint. If they're defending the paint, well, that's when you need to hit some knockdown shots. You get some open looks. So to me, it's, you know, I think the game has changed. I don't think you necessarily need a point guard. You do need some smart players, right, on your team. Uh, You need players who aren't going to turn the ball over like Jalen Brown, you know, uh, and guys that can hit down, you know, hit hit shots from time to time. And, you know, I I think the team, as far as it's constructed, is is okay. Uh, You know, I just don't think they play to their strengths. Um, I, I don't think they, you know, from an energy standpoint, they don't have that grit. They don't have that killer instinct. Um, and, you know, that's that's what's been missing from this team for like the last three or four years. But like that killer instinct, I, I don't know if that's even like uh, liable anymore. I mean, like, I don't think you need that because look at P.J. Tucker. He has that killer instinct. He hasn't won a championship lightly. Um, look at uh, what's the name? The twin brothers. Um, they had they had uh, one of the brothers a couple of years ago. He had the killer instinct, and he was useless. I I just don't you know the eighties and nineties where people were taking their hats off and playing hurt. I don't I don't know if that exists anymore. I think that you know. You just have to have a team that doesn't make all those mistakes that the Celtics were making, especially yeah, what, shooting the ball and those turnovers. Yeah. When I say killer instinct, I just mean mental toughness. 
They don't have mental toughness. When the game gets tight, they freaking retreat. They don't like meet it face to face. They choke, you know? Even Tatum, and I love, you know, I like Tatum. Well, there's games he's disappeared offensively. He doesn't take charge, even when healthy. He just, this is the same thing I used to say about LeBron his first like five or six years in the league. But and I, then he finally got it. I you think know, that but, goes out to, that goes back to them being still young. They're still young to me. I mean, 25, 26. Marcus Smart is getting close to 30. He's 29. But I think that they still haven't figured it out. And this is just like a learning curve. I think that, yes, they're going to keep losing here and there. But I'm actually okay with them making it this far. I'm actually, because to me, it's a learning curve. I think that with each step, they like, you know what? I played horrible. I need to be more consistent. I think that this, these types of conversations are going on in their heads. Yeah, I, I look at the Celtics and the Lakers as two teams that are not like everyone else. They should never be satisfied with making the playoffs. It, it's always championship or bust. Um, and it doesn't matter who you are, what superstar you are. If you're not getting a championship, I think you're replaceable for those teams. Um, they can't be satisfied. You can never be satisfied with just making the, you know, having a good team, finishing top four every regular season, then bouncing out, you know, in the playoffs. That's, that's you know, that ain't Celtic bas basketball. I mean, I understand about having high expectations, but there's a lot, a lot worse fan bases out there. Uh, Larry, what do you think? Do you think they need to blow it up or they need more experience? I, I think the, the thing is they keep calling us soft. And, you know, we had Morris and uh, we had him for a while. Uh, he did well. We let him go. And I think that there's some players out there that we could probably enter into the mix because I don't think anyone's scared of the Celtics now because of what happened. So we need to get that fair back. So, you know, certain players like a Draymond Green or a Damian Lillard, we, we need something like that to push Brown to a three. Uh, we need something that really can make an impact because all the teams, you know, every team was watching us last night. Uh, and and nobody was scared of the Celtics, and we have to make a change. That's why a change is going to have to be made. Even though we are a good team, we're better than a lot of teams out there, I still think they're going to try to make a move if it's possible, and we may end up losing two or three players that we already have. But let me ask you guys a question. Did you Were you guys really surprised, I mean, that they lost? Were you guys, like, disappointed or just – because to me, I feel like this team didn't have it probably like way back in March. The fact that they came back from down 3-0, that's great. But I just didn't see like the championship medal. Like, I didn't feel like this was a championship team. I thought they, my expectation for them was to get back to the finals. And they fell short of that. Um, I think the team is better, you know, slightly better than they were last year. Right. I thought, I thought we made an improvement by going out and getting Brogdon, but it, again, we fall short, you know, because of a little bit because of coaching, 
And again, our coach is young. It's his first year. But I don't blame it just on him. You got players that have been there for like forever. Yeah, I know they're young. Like, but like you said, Smart's been there nine years. Tatum's been there like at least four or five years. Brown's been there for a while too. You're a veteran. You're a veteran now in the NBA. You've been to the playoffs before. You should know what it takes to, you know, to get there. And if you don't know it by now, uh, when are you going to get it? That that's that's what I'm talking about. And I think the Celtics need to send a message that, you know, bouncing out, forget about bouncing out, falling down 0-3 is not acceptable. Um, and they need to, like, send a message to the team that it's not acceptable. And, you know, and, and I don't know what, what that message is going to look like, but, you know, for me, it's, it's moving on from, from certain players like, like Brown. Uh, making drastic changes um, and maybe even making a, a coaching change because it's not acceptable uh, to be to fall down 0-3 like that and then to get blown out, you know, at home in a game seven. That's not acceptable. Well, yeah, I, I do agree with uh, with Larry that the whole NBA looks at the Celtics and they're not scared and. The fact is, if you're not protecting your home court, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to use the Denver Nuggets as, a, as an example. They're undefeated at home, you know, and they're going to the finals. If the Celtics protect their home and stop losing game sevens at home, stop losing any games at home, <laughs> will they be in a better situation, but... You know, your home court is your home court. You should be protecting that with your life. You should be like, nobody comes in here and beat us. So the fact that Miami won three games at the TD Garden, it just showed that this team wasn't, didn't have it. I agree. Um, I'm looking at yep. the, I'm looking at the, at the Denver Nuggets roster and, you know, it's, it's pretty much stacked with veterans and, with young guys. So it's, I mean, it's true. They just need to bring some more leadership. Cause I think that this team is so talented. It's talented beyond its years, <laughs> but the fact that there's no true leaders on the team, I thought how Courtford was going to do that for them. And they brought him back and he maybe talked the talk, but he definitely didn't walk the walk. He was terrible. He provided absolutely nothing. Nothing. When I compare the Celtics to the Heat, I mean, they lost two of their top players, and you guys, you have guys, undrafted guys coming up, and and look, they look like you know five, ten year vets. You know, they were shooting with confidence, playing deep defense, doing what you know. They were playing their part and playing it well. And you know, again, it comes that part of it is probably coaching. But it's just leadership, like you said, Sirik, and that has been missing. And, you know, I thought Horford would provide that. But if you're not shooting well, you're, you can't defend because your legs are you know, tired or you're just older, you're up there in age, then, you know, you're useless. You know, you didn't bring anything to this series at all. And uh, your coach has to see that has to he has to be able to make adjustments, and that didn't happen at, at all. And and I and I'm looking at the contracts, and and Hortford is actually 
is going from 26 million to 10 million to 9 million. So that just tells me right there that he's probably going to be the first one that's a goner. Because teams are going to look at that price and be like, wow, you can get him really cheap, but what does he have to give? That's what I'm sorry. He has nothing left in the tank, or at least not in the playoffs. So, Larry, in your opinion, what do the Celtics need to do for next year? I was looking at the closeout game for the Nuggets, and they only played seven players. So what are the seven players that you want to go to battle with, with the Celtics? And right now I think they're using Tatum, Horford, Smart, White, Brown, Grant Williams, and Robert Williams. I I do believe we got to change maybe two or three of those people. And I think if we do that, um, then I think we will have a better, better system going on. Um, I just, I just feel like, you know, we're, we're just missing some things. I know obviously Brogdon would be, that piece. Um, I know we have another guy who didn't play all year. I don't know what he's going to bring. Uh, da- Dan- Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I just think that I think they're going to shake things up. I don't know who they're going to pick, but they, they're going to shake things up and um, maybe package some things together and try to change something. So we'll see. We'll see what team is that team we're going to trade with. Ron, same question. What what do you think the Celtics need to do next year? I know you mentioned blowing the team up, but that's probably not going to happen. So what what do they need to do? I think that's what they need to do. Or we're looking at the same, you know, team again next year, a competitive team that that finishes in the top three. Uh, they stick together and then they get in the playoffs and then they figure out a way to choke again. So. Had I, you know, if I'm running it, I would blow it up. And, and there's no player, you know, on the team I would not consider trading. That includes Tatum. I know we talked about the face in the franchise and all that nonsense, but no player in Celtic history, not even Larry Bird, is bigger than the, the Boston Celtic. They can find a new face of the franchise at any point. And, um, you know, I, I, I try to see what I can get in terms of picks, you know, for, for Brown. Try to see what I can get for for Horford, uh, and then maybe a couple other you know players, and then and if that if that's not enough, I would take a look and see what I can get for Tatum, and just start from scratch, find a new coach, rebuild. Might take two or three years, but you got to get the right players in there um, to start winning when it when it matters, winning in the playoffs. Yeah, see, I just don't, I just don't see who, because the thing about Boston is, Boston is not an easy, an easy city to live, right? It's not like an attractive place. Nobody wants to, you know, spend winters in uh, Boston, right? We and we all, we don't even live there. You know, Larry's in Georgia, we're in Florida. We we detest Boston weather. So imagine if you're a millionaire basketball player. No matter how much money they're going to give you, you're like, I'd rather go to L.A. I'd rather go to Arizona or, you know, Texas. They just, I think it's easy to leave, but it's hard to attract. And I think that with Tatum and Brown and everyone else, they drafted these guys. So they're thinking, hey, we're going to keep them. We're going to make them stay because... I mean, Danny Ainge doesn't call the shots anymore, and I think he was more or less ruthless. I don't know if Brad Stevens is the same way. 
I think he's more calculated and he knows that this is not like a prime destination. You can only you can only tell other teams about the Boston aura or the Boston legendary if they actually play in Boston. But I think this hard because look at what the whole fiasco that happened with KD. At the end, he didn't want to come to Boston. And that team was stacked. That team had Kyrie Irving. It had other teams. He just didn't want to play. He didn't want to play in Boston. So I, I don't know. Personally, I think that they're going to tweak it a little bit and see what they can get. I just don't see them blowing up this team. I think that they're fine making the playoffs. They're fine winning the division. They're just going to keep tweaking it until they age out. I don't know, until something happens where they're like, okay, we're done with this crop, crop of players and move on. I don't think that they're done. It's basically what I'm saying. Now with this core group anyways. So we have about a minute left. I'm going to thank you guys for coming. Thank you for your time. Larry, stay in touch. Ron, we'll talk again when we do the football rosters. So until then, I'll say uh, peace. Peace. Peace out. Hey, guys. Thanks again for watching. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on uh, Shut Your Mouth Podcast at gmail.com. That's shutympodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us on Twitter or on Instagram at SYM Podcast. Thanks again.